0: It's time for Only in Cartersville, Bartow, brought to you by the Cartersville, Bartow County Convention and Visitors Bureau. This podcast is where you'll learn what's going on in and around Cartersville and Bartow County. Cartersville, Georgia is an all-American city that truly is the embodiment of small-town southern charm with some sophisticated surprises on today's episode we took a visit to the cartersville farmers market to talk with the interesting people who make it run and learn about the vendors who bring delicious fare to the market The Cartersville Farmers Market is a community market providing customers with a direct connection to vendors, selling locally sourced food and agricultural products. Our primary vision is to provide access to locally grown fruits and vegetables, contribute to the success of the local producers, and to provide vibrant community gatherings. Go to cartersvillefarmersmarket.com for all the details.
1: Hey, I'm Regina Shaw, and I'm from Cartersville originally, and I was hired in 2019 by UGA Extension to revitalize the local farmer's market.
2: The UGA Extension, what's that?
1: So, Agriculture Extension, it's based out of University of Georgia, and each county actually has an extension agent. It's an agriculture agent. Uh-huh. You can call your local extension agent. You can ask them about tree problems pest problems on your plants it's anything having to do with agriculture
2: all right so you revitalized it so could you tell me about that how was back then and Mm -hmm. as opposed to now
1: yeah so over time we didn't get many farmers here it had become more of a craft fair and our local government decided that they wanted to support a farmer's market with produce agriculture products So I was hired to do that. So I brought in farmers, I cut out crafts, and just focused mainly on food and agriculture.
2: So what kinds of uh, new foods do we have up here now?
1: Well, we have guacamole, we have breads, we have meat, um, we have fish. We have a seafood vendor from South Georgia that brings up Georgia Coast Seafood. It's great. We have eggs, we have produce. We basically have anything a grocery store would have.
2: So what's the future of this farmer's market?
1: So we have grown every year. In 2019, our total sales were $115,000 for the season. The next year, four hundred and twenty-three. dollars The next year, five hundred and seventy-six. dollars And this past year, we raised $703,000 here. So that's how much money we're bringing into downtown Cartersville.
2: It's a nice place down here. So somebody that's listening to this, what is something that they should know about downtown Cartersville and the farmer's market?
1: Well, downtown Cartersville is a beautiful, charming place to hang out on a Saturday morning. All of our vendors here are local within a 60-mile radius. Bring your family here, dogs. You can bring your dogs to the market. You can hang out. We have a breakfast area, coffee, music every week. It's instead of just shopping... You know, it's really a Saturday morning destination for families. We have an EBT program. If a customer has food stamps, they can bring their card, swipe it at the information table, and we give them tokens. Those tokens they can use to purchase any EBT product. We also give them Wholesome Wave tokens for free. So we match their tokens with free tokens that can be used on fresh produce. So it's just a way that we can really promote healthy eating among the community
2: so what are the hours of the farmers market and how long will the farmers market go on
1: okay so we run may through september and it's eight to twelve every saturday morning rain or shine we do not cancel our farmers still have produce that they need to move and we don't cancel for any weather so come see us anytime
2: Is there anything unique that you have up here
1: so what makes our market unique is the energy here a lot of people spend their saturday mornings here they enjoy they hang out and our vendors spend a lot of time answering questions so if you want to know about your produce you want to know how your bread is made ask your vendor ask the farmer ask the baker they love talking to you they love getting to know you and just come see us
0: so let's get to know some of the vendors
3: My name's Kip Bishop, I'm with Eden Gate Farm, co-owner of the farm. We've been doing this full time year round for the last four years. We farmed all our life. Uh, I'm a fifth generation farm boy. My wife is a fourth
2: generation. So we got a little little experience in a few years in it. That's great. Farming, obviously, is a a really tough business. And how does uh, being up here at the farmer's market help grow your business? We determined early on that we didn't
3: want to be row crop farmers, and I didn't want to spend 24-7 in a combine. So we chose to go with the market farm route. So you serve the customer and you distribute through the farmers markets obviously and you cut out the middleman so that's been a big help to us we sell direct to the customer and we know our customers and we try to listen to them you know a lot of times I grow things that I never dreamed I would grow because I've had customers go you know I would buy purple Swiss chard if you had it so I'm like okay I'll find some seeds we'll figure out how to do it so huh That's interesting. You take
2: requests, basically, for growing vegetables.
3: If it fits, we do. Um, We do a few restaurants. At one point, we were doing some custom growing for some restaurants. We don't do that now because it's just not really feasible. You never know. You know, a guy owns a restaurant. He expects to have his 12 pounds of watermelon radishes at 2 o'clock on Friday they might not be ready till one o'clock on Monday. So what do you have up here at the farmer's market? What vegetables are you serving? Our our primary product are um, just what we call leafy greens. We do a salad mix, a couple of different blends of salad mix, baby leaf, spinach, baby leaf arugula, dabble some with watercress, and then we branch this past year into more head lettuces, but we also do your standard farmer's market things. I'll do thousands of pounds of green beans this year and
2: we do corn and tomatoes which are always the big the big thing everybody's looking for so how has business been since you've been coming to the farmers market is it how how much has it grown uh it's been phenomenal we were doing
3: a fairly large market before we came here and i didn't know how Carswell would be but the support that this market gets from the community and from the city is just outstanding you couldn't ask for any better I, I tell regina that this farmer's market is the saturday social event for cartersville georgia because i see everybody coming through with their their friends from work and you know mama and the sisters and
2: everybody just having a good time so people up here know you by name they do they do you do. have a nickname up here uh i don't think so okay but um
3: we just started telling everybody to come find the big red tent and you can find us for the Excellent. first three years, we were kind of on the side over here, and this year, we moved to the very end
2: at the mm-hmm. bridge, and people going, oh, thank God, I thought you weren't here anymore. So, <laughs> What's the hardest vegetable to grow? Because I've tried growing vegetables on my own, and I'm terrible at it.
3: I've had several that are hard to grow. It took me a good three years, uh, even before I was doing this, to really get where I could grow carrots well and carrots are one of our staple crops now. Radishes, I had trouble with radishes, something that simple. Tomatoes, believe it or not, can be difficult. They're very sensitive to a lot of different things. We're fortunate we're able to grow in high tunnels or hoop houses
2: now, and that helps us a lot. Okay. Huh, that's that's pretty fascinating. You sell fruits and vegetables, obviously, on your website, right?
3: We do. We have an online presence, and we take orders, particularly during the off-season. Kind of a digital farmer's market. And a lot of our customers, particularly from Carsville, when the end of September gets here, they just flip around and start ordering online. And I update it every week with what we've got and um, what we're going to have. And they pick up over at the extension office on Saturday morning. So
2: I get to stay in contact with the customers year-round. Wow, imagine that probably your father, your grandfather would never would have known this was possible. Never would
3: have thought, and it's kind of funny because my, my grandfather and grandmother were market farmers. They didn't do the big row crop, thousands of acres, they made their living off of 30 acres, and they would Kill a few chickens and dig a few potatoes and pick
2: beans and go to downtown Rome to the cotton block every Saturday morning. Keep you here every every Saturday, and so every you Saturday. people can come up here and see you, say hi, and yeah. get some great vegetables from you. They can. We try to keep what people are looking for, and we throw
3: some new and interesting things in every once in a while, and people seem to like it. You know, the, I, broccolini is my favorite story because nobody here knew really what it was, and mm-hmm. we started growing it because it's easier for me to grow. And um, now guys are hooked on it. I've got one guy that's been asking me ever since, when's the broccolini going to be ready? (laughs) He said, you were right. I told him when he was hesitant, I said, look, if you ever cook and eat the broccolini, you'll never want regular broccoli again. And he said, you know, you're right. So... (laughs) Come get uh, your
2: broccolini up here at the Carter's Farmersville Market.
3: Yeah, we have a few challenges. We're a certified naturally grown farm, which is organic certification for the smaller farm. So we have to look at what we're doing. We can't use any chemical fertilizers or insecticides, all those things. But
2: it's better for the soil and for our long-term goals. Can you personally taste the difference between your vegetables and, say, a big store's vegetables? You can.
3: Uh, prime example: last year I started experimenting with celery. Celery's a little difficult to grow out in the field. I always thought celery is just something you put some peanut butter on and you chew it. That's all I knew until I harvested the first batch out of the field and it actually has a very, very good flavor, a powerful flavor as a matter of fact. It's it's strong and people can tell the difference in it. It's a good soup base too. Yeah, I mean it's
2: it's healthy, it's tastes good I don't even put peanut butter on it anymore so <laughs> you could team up with a peanut farmer then make your peanut butter and
3: could. you have to be careful with the food allergies now oh yeah I had a lady not long ago ask me do you grow peanuts and I'm like no ma'am she said good if you have peanuts on your farm I
2: can't buy your produce Man, this has been great. You've been fantastic on this. Uh, anything else you can think of that you'd like to talk about your farm or what you do up here? You know, I've been
3: amazed and I owe it all to the customers here. I don't take credit for the growth. But our growth rate, you mentioned earlier, has been phenomenal. The first year we were here at the market, it almost doubled our income for the year. And it tripled and then it's quadrupled on track already this year, so it'll be a good year, and we're here to help the customers. People are learning about the food and about nutrition and about why this is better than the grocery store. I'm not gonna name names, <laughs> neither but, uh, I. I. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, you know, Carswell, I'm relatively new to Carswell. I've been in Carswell for 12, 13 years now, and I've met a lot of great people here so it's it's a little different than rome which is a good thing so <laughs> um, but um you know everybody's everybody's good and they're supportive i've got customers now that i know they come by every week just so they can get something from me and help the farm and we appreciate that edengatefarm.com
0: another vendor is an apiary not sure what that is Beware! There's a lot of buzz about this vendor. I'm Brandon
4: Brooks. I'm with Dazzle Mountain Apiaries. It's a small apiary here in Bartow County, right outside of White. And we pretty much raise honeybees for honey production. What's something interesting about honey that most people don't know? I guess one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't realize is you always get the classic question is, you know, will eat local honey, help me with my allergies. And, and it's, there's always this kind of toss-up of, Scientifically, there's you know there's not a lot of proof with that, and the biggest thing is is that people are allergic to a lot of the things that the bees don't go to, you know, it's like windblown pollens, grasses, trees, things like that, but at the same time, just Consuming the honey itself, because the bee is in the environment and it's amongst these pollens, the ones that it's going for, and and that are beneficial, and the ones that aren't, they all tend to get it, a little bit of everything on them, so that winds up in your honey. So there is a little bit of truth behind that, as far as you know, getting some some immunity from some bothersome pollen if it's in the environment. But so that's a big question I always get from everybody: is like, how oh, you know, is eating local honey is that going to help me with my allergies? Eh, yes and no, you know. Well, what's the difference between local honey and say store-bought honey. The biggest thing is the flavor, number one, because you really it's very specific to that, you know, local flora, usually within two to three miles of wherever these bees are, are housed. But the biggest thing is is a lot of the honey, you know, you'll always know real honey if it crystallizes. You know, you leave it on the shelf for a month and don't eat it, it it starts turning solid. That's how you know it's real. Everything in the store has been heated to the point to keep it from doing that, which sometimes goes above the threshold, a lot of times, actually, which is killing a lot of your natural yeast and pollen in it to keep it from crystallizing. It's almost pasteurization.
2: Wow. Bees are not only important for honey, but bees have a whole lot more other purposes in our daily lives that maybe
4: people don't know about, but I bet you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're, uh, well, they really just come into play, you know, with the whole micro ecosystem type thing. You know, there's a lot of things that they, that aren't possible without the bee. You know, there's other, I guess you could say pollinators and things of that nature, but the bee itself is a very dedicated you know, selfless critters so and that's why we use them for pollination and so many different things because they you know they don't have really have to be trained. Their natural behavior is is they want the best source, the best quality and the best amount that they can get and they won't turn to anything else until they get that. That's why we can use them for pollination and, and why they're specific on so many other plants. There's you know, bugs fly, they get on things based on, on their you know, their dietary needs. Well a bee does that in a way you know, so perfectly that they tend to, to select the best from the from the environment.
2: That's pretty interesting, and you know, we need bees. Isn't there a
4: scarcity of bees? Oh yeah, there will always be, you know, a scarcity. I think it's gotten a little worse, you know. Beekeeping was, was fairly easy up into probably the late 80s when the varroa mite was first discovered, which is the biggest enemy of the bee, is basically a fluid, you know consuming almost like a tick for a bee which is a vector for all their diseases and stuff so that kind of became a big i guess downfall to a lot of beekeeping but then you know once we figured out how to manage them and and mitigate some of these problems it's gotten a little better you know but we still always got the whole climate you know environment green space you know me personally i think that uh the lack of green space and, and just the green space disappearing is really what's affecting them a lot because most people don't realize, you know, you can have an acre of flowers but an acre of trees is a lot more beneficial to a hive of bees than an acre of flowers is. Why is that? Just, just in the sense that the pollen is is larval food. It's adult food. It's, it's baby food. It's their protein source and and 90% of that comes from trees. You know, some of the first trees to bloom every year are the maples in February and, and without that You know, most overwintering colonies, they would be, you know, almost hurt and starving to death by by March if they didn't have that. Are you worried about the future of bees? Always, just because that's my business. But, (laughs) you know, at the same time, yeah, because you you see it. Like, when I was a child, I'm not even that old of a guy. I'm only 48. When I was a kid, you know, it was, you saw bees everywhere. I didn't even see bees out in, in the middle of 12 acres in this county until I actually brought them to my area. And then now, of course, they're all up and down all my streets. They're within three to five miles of me. If you find a bee, most likely it's mine because I'm pretty kind of isolated. I kind of triangulated myself purposely like that in order to take advantage of the environment. How many bees do you think
2: you own?
4: Oh, man, uh, typical production colonies in the hundreds of thousands, but we're in we're in the 90s with colonies as far as the number of them that are actually production. You know, you always got a handful that are, you know, they're they're not there yet. You know, you, you keep, you know, you have various stages in a bee yard. You have production bees and then you have bees that are there. they will be production bees next year. Granted, you can keep them through the summer, keep them through the winter and keep them alive, keep them healthy.
2: So your honey, how long you been selling your honey? It's your business and we're here at the farmer's market and you're selling it here. How long have you
4: been doing business? So we have been at this market since about 2014. I've been keeping bees about nine years. I've been keeping bees on a you know larger than hobby scale, probably about three. I left a corporate job of 20 plus years, yep, driving to Atlanta every day with this crazy commute. Uh, did that three years ago and just started growing bees and and came to the market and 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 it was very primitive back then it was just guys in pickup trucks with their tailgates and uh over the you know the course of probably the past three years or so they've really picked the market up and, and brought a following we've you know we've we've made tons of, of fans you know customers Social media, all that stuff has really picked this place up and, and it's really turned it into an experience.
2: How's your business done since you've been coming to the uh, Cartersville farmers market?
4: Well, I can't make honey fast enough anymore really you know? yeah so I've, we've kind of built a following here in town and then we've got some various businesses that we you know sell honey to wholesale and stuff like that and and uh, it's really just it's turned into just a, a great business I mean honey kind of sells itself. But it it helps to have like a a story behind it, you know, some education behind it. We do a lot of community outreach type stuff. I go to schools, I do summer school stuff, talk to the kids, bring bees. It's it's just night and day compared to, you know, just selling something out of the back of the car and now it's actually we'll pay some bills, you know. So Where did your fascination with bees, where did that stem from? Yeah, it's funny, because when I was about three I went to the hospital for like hundreds of yellow jacket stings in the front yard. And my mother was just, you know, she just knew I'd never have anything to do with bees. You know, fast forward 20 something years. I had a step grandfather that kept bees for a good 10 years around me, never had the desire. And then when I got out here, the country life, you know, I said, you know, I'd like to keep some bees. How hard can it be? (laughs) Famous last words, you know, $8 million later. And uh, here we are, you know, you know a little something about bees and uh, and got a good, good little business going. And I don't know, you kind of fall in love with it. It's kind of a labor of love too. You know, beekeeping is, you spend 20, you know, 80 grand to make 20 is what they say. Yeah. It's farming, so. What is good? What's your favorite thing,
2: favorite food or
4: drink to put honey in? You know, so it's funny you ask that too. Cause like I'm the, I'm probably one of the rare beekeepers that doesn't eat the product. And I won't say I don't eat it at all. I do eat honey. And my go-to honey is probably on peanut butter. Honey and peanut butter sandwich, that's what we grew up. Poor, poor kids from the South, that's what we ate. And you never get rid of it. But uh, I wear enough of it during the season that I, I guess I kind of absorb it through my skin. And, and uh, that's probably my go-to, I guess.
2: What is your website and details They can find you uh, Our
4: webpage is Dazzle Mountain Farm and Apiary. And we are on Instagram and Facebook you can just look for us at Dazzle Mountain Farm and uh, like us, send us messages, we do videos. And if you get a wild hair, you wanna wanna put on a bee suit? Give me a call, I'll put you to work.
0: And one of the most popular attractions at the Cartersville Farmers Market is Nagel's Bagels and their mouth-watering varieties.
5: My name's Rich Nagel, and I am a transplant from San Diego, California. My wife was rebelling from the South, and that's where we met. So I brought her home, and now her mom loves me forever. Anyway, she started a cafe way back in 08, and I was traveling up to New York getting these great bagels every morning. And I came home, and I said, Do we have any bagels here in her cafe? And she said, No, we only have biscuits. Land of the biscuits, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, she said, Why don't you make it for me, Nago Bagel? And that kind of put the fire under me. Nagels bagels. Nagels bagels. So we started actually, I don't know, ingredients, kind of sourcing local as best we could in 08. And I did nothing with it because I had a corporate job. I just retired last September after 30 years of being in project management for software companies all over the nation for clinical trial management. It was a brain job. And I didn't have any passion. It was more of something I was really, really good at but it wasn't my passion. And so that's what this has given me. It's given me something that I can actually create. And at the end of the day, feel proud of what I grew, you know, what I produced. And so I just started tinking with it. And Regina, the director of the the farmer's market, when she started putting this together, this new approach to the farmer's market, it became this thing that all my friends and family loved. And I just started sourdough. I started different bread, flours, and different things. She said she wanted to try it. So I walked it across the street to her jogging group, and, and she loved it and said, by the way, you're in the market. And I had no choice, apparently. How long have you been at the market here? So I think this is our fourth year, four years. So not a full year the first year, but I think we had four weeks. And then after that, it's been every year. I can't miss the market. It's it's too critical because it's it's my roots. It's like what started it all. It turned my my hustle side job into my next career, my second second path. So it's kind of cool.
2: You have different types of bagels on your. I looked at your menu by the way. Absolutely. And there, what's your favorite bagel? I can think of right off the top of my head, the Asiago cheese and jalapeno. Oh oil. yeah.
5: That one to die for also. If you t- like a little spice, you know. The cream cheese calms it down a little bit, but yeah, that's that's a big seller. And the maple bacon bagel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. How did you come up with that one? So my daughter came up with it. She wanted some French toast style bagel. She loves bread. And I said, how about we do something with maple and okay dad you know kind of thing and now everyone loves it and bacon in the south hello it's like a staple that's right. so yeah that's how it kind of formed it is one of our best sellers uh, as a sandwich as well we have a uh, a blt on the maple bacon so you have the little salt and the sweet and it just it's really good i was thinking about putting like sausage and cheese and then mm-hmm.
2: topping it with more syrup and just absolutely and just uh, <laughs> not worrying about wife for yeah, a few minutes. So. It is a moody food. Oh man, how yeah, good would that be? For sure. Business here at the farmer's market, is mm-hmm. ha- how
5: essential has that been for you? So it's essential for me to be driven, I think. Uh, it gives me the motivation each day to wake up and, and make what I make. And then I get to relax at the farmer's market and meet my friends and family that walk right in front of my, my booth. And it's just sort of a connection with the community. I'm not some big philanthropist or any anything to I don't know go out of my way for things but this has made me open up to people more Mm -hmm. so it's really helped me connect in a different way so I think I'm a better human because of it. (laughs) (laughs) What's the future for Niggles Bagels? Right so last June uh, 2022 we opened our shop here on Main Street and now we've been approached by another city that wants us to open a, a breakfast shop in their town, so it's in Rome, right up the way. And so we're talking to the city, we're talking to you know the local farmers market because we love the community's approach mm-hmm. instead of the business side trying to open a storefront and expect people to show up. Uh, I'd like to meet the people first. I'd like to be there, find where we're going to donate to homeless shelters and support groups and things like that, and then build the business on top of it. Okay. And your website is uh, Nagels Bagels and brews? Yep. Dot okay, com, yep. Dot com, that's mm-hmm. right. It's We're talking coffee, right? Well, yes and no. Oh. <laughs> we do carry mimosas and beer, and uh, that's where we're at right now. The new location, will have a bourbon bar on the roof, and we'll have a full-service uh, restaurant from 6 in the morning till 11 at night. That's the hope. That's the vision. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. That sounds great. Um. <laughs> it's going to be fun.
2: Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to think what else. Um, is there anything
5: else, uh, you know, help out this farmer's market and and your so, business? Well, I mean, I think the style of bagel that most people think about is this hard, big, bready thing. We meet the need of what people want. So if people like a lot of bread on certain sandwiches will we'll accommodate but we like to make our bread a little thinner more of a sandwich bread it's still fluffy it still will fill you up and carry you through lunch but we also scoop our bagels if we need to and fill up the scooped bagel with fillings and meats and cheeses and we have almost a full deli that we can just have a variety of different things we add to our bagels we have everything from sweet savory plain but we also do charcuterie boards where we, you know, dice up the, the bagels and have chunks of bagels. You, We did a, a dance studio, hired us last night to go to a dance party and set up an 85-person charcuterie board. And so that was another side thing that we, we're learning as we go kind of deal. But Do you come up with new ideas on maybe different bagels or what to put
2: on bagels? Because I'm thinking so many different thoughts about what I can put on one of your bagels. That Absolutely. is like something something totally out of the
5: ordinary. What, what is something that normal people wouldn't think about putting on a bagel? So a blueberry bagel. All right. Sweet. Okay. There's a little bit of sweet but it's not like a donut sweet. And then you add a brisket to it like a smoked meat so you have the sweet and you have the smoked meat a lot of people say why would you do that to your barbecue (laughs) but i sort of agree but once you taste one it kind of it makes sense we try to source everything local as we can but we only use non-bromated flour and no preservatives shelf life is under two weeks so we go through about a thousand pounds a week of flour so it's quite a bit of throughput there assembling sandwiches come and go people say can i have certain things on on bagels that would surprise us what we like to do is like you know if you think of like game day dips for chips and dip we'll take those dips and convert it into like a cream cheese base and then have that as a spread on our bagels so we do that for a lot of savory things i know yeah i'm seeing your face you gotta try it all (laughs)
0: The Cartersville Farmer's Market, open now through September from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., rain or shine. For all the details, visit cartersvillefarmersmarket.com. Thanks for listening to Only in Cartersville, brought to you by the Cartersville-Bartow County Convention and Visitors Bureau. To find out more about Cartersville and Bartow County, go to visitcartersvillega.org. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group, all rights reserved.